we got there, and there's a big sign in a chain across the dump saying closed on Thanksgiving, and we had never heard of a dump closed on Thanksgiving before, and with tears in our eyes, we drove off into yeah, the sunset like looking for yeah. another yeah. place to put the Hello, and welcome to our podcast. <laughs> you kept asking me what I'm doing for Thanksgiving, trying to get that that conversation that happens as the music fades out. Yeah. I was on to you. You were on to me. Yep. And now we're started. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's the day before Thanksgiving. That's true. This is coming out Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So as you're preparing your family meal, mm. spend some time with Stephen and Justin. Ah, uh, by the fire. Or rather, let us spend some time with you. Hey now. Don't forget to butter your bird. This is good. No, this is good. <laughs> I, I like I like where you're going with that. Hey, how are you doing? It's it's the middle of November. I think we're like halfway through t- uh, today. Um, how are you doing towards your 60 miles? Uh, I'm a little behind pace. Okay. And I think I'm at roughly between 15 and 20. Okay. Um, but I have most of next week off, and I have a couple of bike rides planned. Oh. Make up some time. Make up some Make time. Make up some distance. Which is really just time. Or time is just distance. Time is a measurement of distance. Sure. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true either. No. Oh, it's good. So I have, um, I'm at 43 miles. Oh, dang. So I have 17 miles left. I had a goal for myself of 75 miles. Okay. So I have 31.8 miles left, roughly. Mm -hmm. So there's 13 days left. So I'm going to try and hit three miles a day from here on out. If I hit two and a half, I'll reach 75. So I feel like I'm going to hit, I feel like I'm going to reach 60. Are you like, are you running? Oh no, I don't run. Do you walk? I walk. I was running. I also chase my children. Oh. And that definitely So helps. let me ask you this. Are you counting like Moving. just your total movement? Absolutely. See, I'm only counting intentional, I'm going to measure this walk. But so I'm not counting my total movement. Oh, Okay. Because I figure if it's something where it's like, and for those that didn't listen to when we talked about Movember, uh, the whole move 60 part of that is because 60 men an hour commit suicide around the world. Correct. And it's just a way to help raise awareness of that and mental health, taking care of yourself as a fellow bro. Right. So I figured I'm going to be intentional about no, I'm going to like do this separate from my okay. everyday thing. So I'm doing I'm doing 60 more miles than I would have than normally. Than you would have normally. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so taking into that taking that into consideration, I would say there's probably I'm not going to say half, but probably close to half of like we'll go on a walk with the family around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and I'll do that as a workout and the a- apple and have that track it. So there's some of that there, but I'll go back and I'll make sure that I'm only tracking extra movement and I'll just go for a 60 mile walk tomorrow. <laughs> just a casual 60. <laughs> I'll walk to and fro. Just work. a quick six Oh, mm-hmm. um, mm. that's good. No, that's you good do point. you. I'd, it's, I'd be interested to, I should go back and see just how much, I've moved. Yeah. But you're probably right. It's probably supposed to be extra movement. Yeah. Yeah. Make it whatever you want. I am. Do and it. I did. That's good. Awesome. So it is, like we said, it's almost turkey time. Ah, I love some turkey. I get excited for Thanksgiving 
roughly mid-September. Mm-hmm. Pretty much once the kids go back to school, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Thanksgiving. Yep. Meanwhile, everyone's getting excited for Christmas. Nah. <laughs> As I mentioned previously, Thanksgiving is all the good times of Christmas with none of the guilt of gift giving. This is true. So my mother was going to come up. She's living down in sunny Florida, mm-hmm. but we are heading down that way for Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to see her at Christmas. My in-laws are coming over. Nice. And potentially just a couple of friends. Yeah, it'll be a good time. That's awesome. What are you guys doing? Nice. We're going to my in-laws, which typically every year we go there, which is nice. They're just a hop, skip, and a jump. We don't have to go over the river and through the woods or anything like that. Um, so we all do a little little bit of cooking. My mother-in-law does the majority of it. Um, and so we'll go enjoy some yummy food. You're a good cook. You don't cook Thanksgiving? I don't cook Thanksgiving. No, because traditionally for the majority of my life, my family owned a restaurant. And so we worked in, well, I shouldn't say always, but- Oh, uh, you told me about this. Yeah. But yeah. it's good. T- tell it. No. Yeah. So we, for a while before we were open on Thanksgiving, we would go to my uncle's house or my aunt's house. You know, we'd kind of rotate around. And then- we were open for Thanksgiving at the restaurant for a long time. So then it became, I would work, my family would, my, you know, my extended family would come to the restaurant and we do, after we closed, we do like a Thanksgiving buffet with everybody uh, at the restaurant. So now we closed 2019. So for the last few years, it's been a combination of, I went to my brother's house one year, but we've always gone to my wife's family as well. So we do the old splitsies mm. kind of day. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not sure how this year is going to work out with kind of the splits, but. How was it having Thanksgiving at your restaurant? Because part of me thinks mm-hmm. that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And like, did you invite other people or, well, you've got a relatively big family, right? I have a pretty good sized family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we didn't really invite too many people. Um, my mother will enjoy this. My mom always had a tendency. So the restaurant where we, so for five years we were at um, Tower Square in North Attleboro where Box Seats is now. Mm-hmm. And then we purchased a building down the street and moved like two miles down the road. And where that was, there used to be a truck stop across the street. Mm-hmm. And so we would get a lot of business that we would get at the bar was, you know, the truck drivers that would be kind of oh, okay. moseying through. Sure. So my mom had a tendency to befriend some of the regular truck drivers that would come through the area. So there were a few years we had some guests, okay, you know, at Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, but um, for the most part, it was just extended family and, and whatnot. But it was, it was nice. I think my father would probably say it wasn't because he was up at three o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving going to cook for everybody that was coming right. into the restaurant. And then he'd have to cook for us. And then he'd have to come out from the kitchen and socialize with all of us. So oh, that sounds awful. Right. Um, <laughs> but for us, it was great. Cause it was like, you know, we had tons of room, with fo- you know, we had multiple TVs, So all the football games were on and the, yeah. the parades and all that stuff. So it was that's, fun. That's pretty cool. It was cool. We used to, when I was a kid, we would go to my mom's family out in Michigan and in the Midwest, this isn't as common in New England. Um, you, it's starting to pop up a little bit. But in the Midwest, a especially in a small town, a lot of the churches are 
like a social central sure. for the town. And so we would go out and my aunt and uncle's church, they had built a new building. I mean, this is in the mid to late 90s, mid 90s probably. Yeah. And I grew up Catholic and then we started going to a kind of a small Baptist church in, in New England, but it was still, you know, pretty small like set up with the pews and everything. And I remember going into their church and it's just a big like a big auditorium, but they had the like the athletic carpet, almost like base like carpet tiles. Yep. Where you would have there were basketball hoops that they could raise and lower. And so when it was church time, they raised them all. Sure. And there was a, a stage on one side. Yeah. So I guess it was a little bit more like a school gymnasium slash auditorium. Okay. But they had a huge kitchen with like four ranges and oh, wow. three sinks and everything. And so we would invite all of the family and the extended family. I mean, there must have been pushing like 50, 60 people. Oh, wow. And that's awesome. We did it for a few years, but I remember one year we went out there and my mom and my aunt and I think one of my cousins were just experimenting with a dessert. I mean, the spread was crazy. Sure. You know, oh, I can imagine it it two, just... three turkeys, like oh. just everything. And it was just a huge buffet and it was all, you know, the, the, the wives and the, the women and you know, and whatever it like would be cooking and the guys would like go out and play football. And sure. There was obviously some, you know, I understand some overlap, some people, you know, playing for the other teams and everything, but it was kind of that traditional, very Norman Rockwellian type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but they made a dessert one time that they just kept putting like flour and butter and chocolate and caramel into this dish. They just, just kept putting stuff into it. And I just remember my aunt Diane saying, Ooh, wait until you are cool. Like oh, after boy. it came out of the <laughs> oven and that became the name of the dessert, the wait until you are cool. Because it, it comes out like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure that like I still am carrying five pounds from eating that. Sure, just never years goes ago. away. It right, never, never goes away. That becomes a part of you. Just comes back every five years. But no, it's that's what I I think that's why I like Thanksgiving so much is I just have a lot of really fond memories of yeah. it. We would go in a, a few times. We went and volunteered at like the food banks and stuff on Thanksgiving. Of course, I haven't done that with my kids yet because. Maybe I'm not as good of a parent as my mom was. Oh, but, but they're getting to a good age now. Where you... We probably should, yeah. honestly. Um, but I really enjoy the whole, we're going to have a big meal and just have a day of giving thanks. Yeah. But it's kind of chill and like. There's I... no pressure around Thanksgiving. Like, there's, like you said it very well, is there's no, there's no gift giving. There's no, what do I get this person? There's no, like there's none of that, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, it's just all about getting together. It's my favorite holiday. It also mine is, too. It's right around my birthday. My birthday falls on Thanksgiving every now and then. That must be like, which is kind of fun. Have you guys ever experimented with like? Have you ever done like a smoked turkey or a fried turkey or any of that? Or do you just do? We've the never done a fried. Yeah. There was one year we have again friends who are out in Michigan that they have a whole smoker like hut like where they'll actually Ooh. like hang meats and everything. That's amazing. And one year. They sent my mom and I uh, packed in like, uh, what's that stuff called? The ice that doesn't melt the... Um, dry ice. Dry ice. Thank you. You're welcome. They packed in that, just sent us a smoked turkey 
And I'm pretty sure that my mom and I ate half of it just over the sink out just of just right out the bag. out of the cooler. It was just like, <laughs> oh my, it was yeah. so good. That's awesome. That I think we actually had to like buy a separate turkey for Thanksgiving. Of course. Ooh, there's not enough left. My so, brother-in-law did a smoked turkey last year, so they did a the you know traditional mm-hmm. in the oven, you know turkey, and then my brother-in-law did a smaller smoked turkey last year, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm pretty happy. So I do all the cooking on Thanksgiving. Oh. And I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're a good cook. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. But I, I, one of the best turkeys I've ever made was a grilled turkey where, so it's just strictly out of convenience. I've always owned propane. Sure. I have had charcoal grills, you know, in the past. No, but I get it. The grilled turkey that I made was on a propane, just kind of. Took my time with it, but that's that's kind of fun. I love grilling like in the snow. Yeah, uh, it's kind of fun going out and being like, "Ah, eh, it's cold out." But in uh, your shorts and sweatshirt. Hey, it's my I just my winter that's what... uniform. No, yeah, I love it. Um, that's good. But I I like I think I do a pretty good job with just the classic oven roast. But I spend a lot of time prepping the bird with the butter under the skin. You mix mm-hmm. the baking powder in with the seasoning so that the skin gets nice and crispy. And then I also will, most years, not every year, this year I am, I will uh, spatchcock the bird. Hey, now. Hope we don't have to bleep that. We don't. It's a tr- it's, I'm it's, laughing because I can hear, like, your wife just got home. I can hear her wife. Yeah. Hey, there she is. Hello. As I'm over here talking about spatchcocking turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Way to call it out. Hello. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Good. How are you? Good to see you. How was Target? It's good. Love a good Target run. Target run and done. Or is that like a different slogan for something? No, that's it. Is that it? Yeah. My wife and I, when we were dating, we would just go on dates to Target. Just walk around. Those are our only dates now. Yeah. They got rid of the, you know how they had the, you can go in and get the snack bar and you could get a nice bag of popcorn as you walk around. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Mm. COVID ruined everything. <laughs> Most notably, yeah, the popcorn, popcorn that I used to get at Target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, now I just make popcorn at home. Mm-hmm. Definitely much better for you. Bob Mills. Bob Mills. Yeah. Yep. Good. Thank you. All right. Thanks. <laughs> well, love nice you. to see you. Oh. Uh, no, that's fun. That was good. Yeah. One thing. Moving on. Yeah. Transitions are our strong suit. The best. Speaking of. Well, that's an interruption. <laughs> but right now isn't. Oh. Like, we could just start talking. <laughs> I don't know what so <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's the vodka. Oh, um, my goodness. So let me, can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. In your mind, like, if you could think about th- songs related to Thanksgiving. Mm. Okay. Do you have, because I feel like a lot of holidays you have, like, the holiday playlist that you can put on. And as I'm saying that, mm-hmm. really just one. But is there a Thanksgiving song in your mind that is, like, you would, is it your go-to Thanksgiving song? So, 
I believe you're referring, are you like trying to get to Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song? I'm not trying to get anywhere. I asked okay. you a question. No. So there's, no, we don't have any Thanksgiving music. What I will typically play, last year I actually made, whoa, I didn't even think of this. And, but based on the topic we're talking about. Sure. Last year I actually made a whole playlist of covers like instrumental acoustic covers of songs just to kind of play during Thanksgiving. And that's really funny. That is pretty good. As we get into our topics later in the cast. You're pretty funny. But there is, um, and then another playlist that I always have, and then I'll typically add some things to that sometimes, especially if it's like, Okay, I'm cooking, I'm in the kitchen, and I'm just going to have some music going just for me. I'm a big fan of ska music. Sure, yes. And so I have my Skanksgiving playlist. Skanksgiving. Right. I love it. Yeah, it's a good time. That's good. What about you? No, I mean, I think I think when I think Thanksgiving music, I think of Adam Sandler's The Thanksgiving Song. Yep. It's funny. It's, um, you know, it's a good bring everybody around the jukebox and hear Adam Sandler play a little funny tune. Um, so yeah, that's Don't rock the jukebox. That's right. But yeah, Thanksgiving for me, Sandler. like I'm, I'll just throw, I'll put on like an acoustic playlist and just Thanksgiving is more about the mellow background music to me, but it's I do about, enjoy eating Turkey in a big Brown shoe. This Justin, that's stupid. It's really dumb. No, cause you're Justin. I am Justin. Uh, hey, we are, this is post-recording. I don't know if you can tell. Hopefully there's a drop in audio quality. It'd be bad if there wasn't. Yeah. So, Stephen, you thought of a Thanksgiving song. I'm so mad at myself that I thought about it an hour after we talked about the best Thanksgiving song. Yeah. So the best Thanksgiving song is absolutely not the Thanksgiving song by Adam Sandler. <gasps> I don't know if you knew this. Arlo Guthrie did a song called Alice's Restaurant. Okay. It is 18 minutes long. Good. And it is an all over the place storytelling song about very loosely based about Thanksgiving, but it, it is about Thanksgiving. And it is by far something I listen to every Thanksgiving with my friend Dan. We listen to this every year since we were kids. And it is like, knock your socks off, hilarious, if you can hang in for 18 minutes. Because it just gets, it evolves down this, like, story line of him and his friend going to visit Alice. And it just continues to evolve, and they get into trouble. And it's about mischief, and it's about all the emotions you feel on Thanksgiving. Mischief. Going to the dump. Going to the dump. Yeah. You know, all those kind of things. And it's just, it's awesome. Okay. So, that is the best. Arlo Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie. Alice's Restaurant. Alice's Restaurant. Your top Thanksgiving song. Top Thanksgiving song of all time. So there's the, yeah, all right, the mellow music. Thank you. And then now usually back to our regularly scheduled programming. Maybe not usually, but a lot of times we will start setting up for Christmas on Thanksgiving. Because you have the Thanksgiving no, Day great. Parade, which ends with Santa Claus. Sandy Claus. It's like passing the torch. The turkey's exactly. passing the torch to... Exactly. Old St. Nick. Yep. Do you know, speaking of which, up to your interpretation of what I'm talking about, but speaking of that, yeah. 
Do you know what is classified as the official first Thanksgiving song? Now, not like the first Thanksgiving song, but what is deemed the first song made in t- with intentions to be a Thanksgiving song? So like not what song did the Pilgrims right. and the Massasoit tribe sing together? Sure. I could be wrong on the tribe. I think it was Massasoit. Yep. Um, Did you know that they ate lobster? At the first Thanksgiving? Yeah. No. They did. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I want some lobster. I, I'm the only person in my house they, that likes shellfish. Like, what did they do to cook the lobster? Like, did they just... Probably the same thing. Boiled it? Yeah, why not? Maybe it was more just sticking in a fire. Yeah. Yeah. I think most cooking was just started it in a with fire? just sticking in a fire. Yeah. Um, the first... Did the pilgrims boil things? Yeah. Yeah? Maybe big black cauldrons, you know? Put some stew in there. All right. Put some women that knew math in there. Like, it's a good time. Not the witches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, it took <laughs> me a second. I was, was like, great. whoa! <laughs> what? You can't say that. I mean, you can. Yeah, the Puritans no, makes, are going to get mad at me. No, that makes more sense now. Oh, Ooh. here's a bit of trivia. No, I just asked you trivia, and yeah, you didn't yeah, answer it. Yeah, Stop yeah. with your... Do you know how many women, how many witches were burned in Salem? None. Hey, all right, moving on. So the... <laughs> Except for like, I just pictured back in like the 1600s or 50, whenever that was, 1500s, I think. Just like some lady who's like a witch and just some kid in the back just being like, nice nose, freak. Oh, <laughs> burn. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So the... do you know what was deemed gonna, the original? I'm going to guess. Yeah. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. You couldn't be more wrong. Okay. It was December 24th on Hollis Ave in the dark <laughs> when I seen a man sitting with his dog in the park. <laughs> Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells was the first Thanksgiving song. Right? So it was written by James Lord Pierpont and published under the title The One Horse Open Sleigh in the autumn of 1857. It has been claimed that it was originally written to be sung by a Sunday school choir for Thanksgiving or as a drinking song. It has no (laughs) original connection to Christmas. It became associated with winter and Christmas in the 1860s and 70s. And then it was featured... um, Never mind. So, yeah. Jingle Bells. That's... So, okay, a couple of things. One, do you know the name of the horse in that song? It's Bob. Because huh? bells on Bob's tail ring. Anyways, um, what what's even better about what you just said oh. is I would just like to point out uh. that, I, that when I made my yet uncontested claim that the Monster Mash is the greatest holiday song of all time, you said Jingle Bells yeah, about a Christmas song. It's not even a Christmas song. I said Jingle Bells. It is a Christmas song. It has become associated with Christmas music in the 1860s. It's been a Christmas song for so much longer than the Monster Mash has existed. Yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. has been an actor for like way longer than he's been a musician, but that doesn't stop him. 
What do you mean, Justin? So, did you know? <laughs> You're getting better at transitions. That was a good one. Do you have more you want to talk about with Thanksgiving? No. Okay. Going back to our previous episodes, mm-hmm. the celebrity musicians, which I would like to point out, I need to apologize for two of my honorable mentions. They're probably not listening. <laughs> you never know. Imagine. That would be crazy if either Drake or Will Smith was listening to this. I don't think I want either of them listening to it. Anyway, move on. I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hey, listen's a listen. A li- Get those analytics up, baby. Get those plays up so we can start having commercials for VPNs and Raycon headphones. Um, so use promo code Backbeats and Breakdowns. <laughs> Talk about the longest promo code ever. Just, the long- just keep typing. So, so why are you apologizing to Drake and Will Smith? I'm not for, apologizing for, to them. For I'm, them. I'm apologizing to our listeners because it's possible that I kept forgetting the loose rules to our own top 10 Oh, no, list. you definitely did. Yeah. yeah. And I brought them up as honorable mentions, but they were very famous for the music. Mm-hmm. I was thinking they were famous for the acting first, but they were definitely famous for the music. Moving on from that, we discovered in researching for this recording tonight that on November 23rd, 2004, which is today, which is today, the day you're hearing this, assuming you're listening on release date, (sighs) which why aren't you get in line? (laughs) Mr. Robert Downey Jr. Released his first debut. I think that's the same studio (laughs) album, the futurist. Steven, I believe you have some. I'm gonna go to sleep. You have body. You give so so survival. I am Iron Man. What? It's so <laughs> it's so clear. I love long gone. Oh, that's enough. No, it's not. Cut my RDJ. It is not enough. <laughs> I want to... This song is five minutes long. Oh, it already felt like we listened to five minutes. That song is five minutes long. It's got to be another case of just a... like. When was no- this released? 2004. No. Yeah. No. His debut album, The Futurist, was released November 23rd, 2004. Did you find something else? Are you playing something not from The Futurist? No, I'm playing the song, The Futurist, but that looks, he looks young. I don't know if you know this, but 2004 was almost 20 years ago. Oh my God. I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, I do because math works. That's one specific way. I will burn you. Oh wait, you're- I'm not a witch. So the four, four years later, yeah. he was Iron Man. Wow. So he went from, this is my body. You. Or whatever. You. To Iron Man. Yeah. That was probably a good transition for him. I think so. He probably saw the fact, like, this probably isn't a good look for me, and went to Iron Man. Well, in the wow. early 2000s, he didn't. he didn't have a ton going on, I think. Not much, I don't think. Well, he had the Futurist. Yeah, the future. This is amazing. Um, that is, it's got to be more of the Hollywood narcissism, like 
I'm a performer. For sure. You know, so yeah. people people want to hear this. People want to hear that. This that, coming from somebody that understands that I'm recording something and I'm like, yeah, people want to hear what I have to say. People do want to hear what we have to say. Absolutely. That's interesting though. Like, but that's, I feel like five minutes is a long time. It's a long song. For a song. It's like, it's very like Bohemian Rhapsody-ish. Because Bohemian Rhapsody is a long song. It sure is. I don't know why that just popped into my head. It's almost like it's so long that they didn't think that it would play well on the radio. Wait. Hmm. Is this mm-hmm. another phenomenal transition? I don't know what you're talking about, but what I do know is on yes. November 23rd, 1975, Queen started a nine-week run at number one on the UK singles chart with, oh my gosh, Bohemian Rhapsody. What a coincidence. Amazing. So it's interesting that um, the the promotional video for that song is kind of generally acknowledged as being the first pop video like 1975 it's like kind of the first pop video yeah because there wasn't there was no mtv vh1 yet so where would that just would they just like play that on bbc one i guess is that more of a bbc two type thing i don't know let's put it on the beeb hey moving on no, but it's funny because all the, you, you know, you mentioned like all, everybody was saying, oh, it's such such a long song. Like at five, I think it was five minutes and some odd seconds, yep. just shy of six minutes. They're like, it, you have to stop. It's too long and is never going to be a hit. And it's probably the most recognizable Queen song. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's interesting. For sure. It's, it's I I don't think that there's any real question that it's the queen song um <laughs> steve for those that can't see us which is everybody hey steven has a drinking problem and just you got a dribble cup over there i don't know well luckily that's why i have the beard yeah that's why my beard's so long because i just save things it just soaks it all up. i just save it in the beard and i just kind of do one of those Ew. like for later i'm uncomfortable it's funny my kids always tell me that i have to shave my beard because food gets stuck in it Mm. every time I eat and I can't tell because I don't know if you know this about long like beards long beards I guarantee I don't know it but you like I I can feel it when I do this but if something just lands in my beard like I can't feel that yeah so my kids always tell me Henrik mostly that I need to shave my beard so that food won't get stuck in it and I always just tell him that I'm just saving it for later and it's actually a convenience and he should grow a beard yeah who is he to tell me what to do yeah a child? Listen, I don't know how many years later because of math, but I think it's 16. It is. Years later? Yes. On the same day, so November 23rd. Mm-hmm. So let's just recap real quick. November 23rd, Robert Downey Jr. releases <laughs> debut studio album. I almost want to go in the other order. Let's let's go chronologically. Oh, okay. So in, okay, so November 23rd, 1975, Queen starts... Nine-week run at number one. November 23rd, 16 years later. Which, did you call out the nine-week run when you brought it up the first time? I did. Okay. That's an impressive run. It's a, it's no, it's no Australia 20 weeks. No, it's not. (laughs) But it's a good run. It is. So then, unfortunately, this is not a good transition because we're taking a dramatic turn. But November 23rd, 1991, 
Freddie Mercury issued a statement confirming that he has AIDS and calling for help to fight the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and I, I, unfortunately, he passed away the next day, November 24th, right. 1991. So, And I believe... I don't know if it was a video statement. I remember seeing some video where he was talking about it, but it might just been about being ill mm. or sick. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, so it is it's strange that 16 years after the song that the group is most known for yep. is when he announces that he has AIDS. Yep. Unfortunately dies the the next day. Right. And I think that there's and and listen, I what I don't want to do mm-hmm. is come off as insensitive with what I'm about to say. Sure. I don't think you're an insensitive guy. Thank you. But I think that there's a lot in Bohemian Rhapsody that people after Freddie Mercury, after you know what he was battling. Sure. There's a lot of like correlations or what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Like illusionary, not illusionary. That sounds good. Sure. That sounds more magician. Alluding to? Yeah. Like, okay, what's he really singing about? Sure. And I can't think of the right term for that. You don't think it was just drugs? It could have been. Absolutely. But I think... Because I grew, I only knew Queen. First of all, I, I my oh. introduction to Queen was Wayne's World, where they headbanged to Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Right. And I was pretty unfamiliar with the band until later when I started getting more into music. And then I had always known, for someone my age, like, oh yeah, Freddie Mercury died from... AIDS or complications related to AIDS. And so it's like, oh, you hear Bohemian Rhapsody and it's like, okay, is it about drugs or is it about some other things going on? Did he know he had the disease? Probably not because 16 years is a long time to battle HIV. So probably not. Which is why I said I don't want to sound insensitive about this. No, no, I don't think it's insensitive at all. we're, We're just talking about. I think it's more. And this is something that I. The man behind the music. Yes. And this is something that I appreciate about someone like a Freddie Mercury versus a Robert Downey Jr. where Mm. I'm not going to speak on what sort of emotion RDJ was putting into his music. It could be very genuine. Could be. But for someone who had a lot of things going on in life for a song like Bohemian Rhapsody, it's it's like, oh, there's stuff behind this, right? You know the artist is putting something into it. I'm just now. Now you got me second, not second guessing, but now you got me thinking about the lyrics, right? And how it ties it. Like I don't want to die. Sometimes wish I'd never been born at all. Right. Ooh, like that. There's yeah. hidden messaging behind that. As the wind blows, mm-hmm. like, and maybe it was a general, um, like, you know, homosexuality was not sure as prevalent. Yeah, prevalent or like 
<laughs> you are so nervous about what you just said. I was. Not as socially accepted as it yeah. is, especially in the UK. Right, right, right. 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 And, I mean, it's 1975. Yeah. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that somebody out there does. Like, I'm positive that there's a Queen fan. I've had a lot of Beatles fans reaching out to me with stuff that we've gotten wrong about the Beatles. Right. I want to make something perfectly clear. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly said. Yes. So good. No, we're going to... Listen, I'm not. We've gotten things wrong. So, November 24th. Yeah. Is the next day. Is the next day. Thanksgiving this year. That's true. Hey. So, unfortunately, November 24th, 1991, Freddie Mercury passes away. Yep. Um, oh boy, more math. 14, 24 years later, mm. November 24th, 2015, the only copy of Wu-Tang Clan's double album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, which was a, no, you're good. Sorry. Don't worry about it. So this was, it was kind of made big news 2014, 2015, because Wu-Tang released Once Upon a Time in Shaolin as a single pressing. So literally the only way to hear this album was to have the album. Ooh. And they had put a stipulation for whoever bought it that it could not be made commercially or widely accessible until like 2106 or something. Which hasn't happened yet. It has not. Unless oh, Backbeats and Breakdowns is still sitting on a server somewhere and you're listening to this 90 years from now, 93 years from now. Wow. That's depressing. Why? It's also depressing that I said 93 instead of 83 because it's 2022. So yeah, 2105 five? would be 83 years. Wow. Anyways. There's a chance we're still here. No, not for me. Anyways, there there was a lot of wondering of, okay, who would buy Wu-Tang's album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin? And there were people saying, okay, they should donate it to a museum or uh, like the Museum of Modern History or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And a lot of people thought that Quentin Tarantino was going to be the one to buy it because he's a huge Wu-Tang fan. Really? Yep. Okay. The... The RZA, I believe, did a lot of the music for the Kill Bill movies. Really? Yes. Okay. However, who did buy it? Who bought it? Is massive, (laughs) like, nerd douchebag Martin Shkreli. Shkreli. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name. That sounds so familiar. Yep. He's the guy who basically, pharmaceutical executive, and he basically bought a drug company. Whoa. I didn't realize this correlation either. He bought a drug company that produced a medication for like treating AIDS. And it was a uh, Daraprim and jacked the price from like 13 bucks up to like $750 per pill. What an asshole. Like well-known actual comic book villain in real life. Like, just the worst type of human being. And if you look at him, he he just looks like just the worst, like, nerd rage. Like, oh, I'll make him all pay. Was like, that the person you showed me earlier? Yes. Oh, 
that's who I said had the most punchable face face ever. Punch him for no reason, for lots of reasons. There's lots of reasons. But without even knowing him. That's true. I showed you a, a photo of Martin Scarelli, and and I said, "Is this? Is there a more punctual face?" And there I think not. you said, "No." Just wow. looks like a rat, and is just absolute garbage person. And it takes a lot for me to say stuff like that. About no, somebody. he is, that is that is so awful. But it's also, I don't know. There, it's it's not funny. <laughs> It's not. It's so what he did with the drugs, like of buying a pharmaceutical company and jacking up the price for medication people need. No, there's nothing funny about that. What is kind of funny is Wu Tang released a mm. single pressing of an album. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what's the point of making art if people can't consume it? Good point. And then this guy buys it the night Trump was elected in 2016. He played one of the tracks from it on just a live stream so he like released one Shkreli of the did? yeah that's kind of funny that's kind of funny okay that's kind of funny that's kind of funny yeah wow then he keeps like stopping it and talking over it so do you it's know like, how much he bought it for i don't but what i do know is a fact that apparently got deleted from my notes but basically so the Fine. he was um he was convicted of all sorts of like fraud and all sorts of stuff. You should probably look it up because I'm going to get it wrong. But when the government seized all of his assets, that included Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. So for a while, the U.S. government owned the only pressing of Wu-Tang's album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. What? They then auctioned it off a few years later and I think it went for forty million. Four million. Four million. Still insane. That's too much. And it was a wasn't it like a um like a cyber currency company? Yes. So Cryptocurrency a, Collective Pleaser Dow. Yes. So a collective of Bitcoin bros bought it for four million and they had plans to release it publicly. I don't believe it's ever come out. I've looked for it. Well, I've never heard it, so... Martin Screlly also released uh, tracks off of Lil Wayne's The Carter Five, which I don't think has even come out ever. I could be wrong on that one. I don't know as much about that. So, the government sold it for $4 million? Yes. So, what you said? Yes. Martin Screlly... Paid $2 million for it. Okay. There you go. There you go. The farmer bro. Farmer bro. I hate yeah. this person. Oh, he's awful. Is he in jail? He was. He, I, believe, he I believe he just got out this year, actually. I hope he's listening. Yeah, Martin Scarelli. And I hope you go back to jail. Yeah. For being a douche. Well, that guy's a real jerk. Yeah. What a jerk. Channeling my inner Norm MacDonald. Yeah, as you should. <laughs> Listen. You mentioned November 24th. I sure did. I would be remiss to say that 74 years before the Wu-Tang Clan's Once Upon a Time in Shaolin was bought by Senor Douchebag. <laughs> Pete Best was born. Ugh. 
November 24th, 1941. Honestly, Wu-Tang's big enough. Pete Best might be in the Wu-Tang clan. <laughs> he might be. 74 years old, yeah. just like. You got Ghostface Killer and Spectre Deck. Pete Best? Ghostface Killer? Yeah. Did, so I was looking up like the top Thanksgiving songs. Okay. What was the song he did? Food? I think I think he I think Ghostface Killer has a song named called Food. Is it possible you know something about hip hop that I don't? Yes. Wow. And I love this. Next thing you know, you'd be like, oh, here's this movie, and I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen that, Steven. Yeah. Um, no. Ghostface Killer. Food. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's listed as the top twenty five Thanksgiving songs. Definitely not a Thanksgiving song, but interesting fact. Perfect. I am we have to try and get away from the Beatles. I've been trying, but this is the problem. When you have a loosely music-based podcast. Everything revolves around the Beatles. I also have a Beatles book right there. You do. So it's hard, literally physically hard to get away from the Beatles. It makes, so. No, but I don't, we're not talking any more about it. We're moving on. Well, there was another fact because November 28th is my birthday. Fun fact. Hey, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to the world's greatest bass player. Wow. Justin Richall. That, I don't feel comfortable with that. How about this? The best bass player to host Backbeats and Breakdowns. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You might be better than me. I'm definitely not. Oh, that's scary if I... I Like, you're such a better guitarist than I am. You're probably a better bass player than I am. (laughs) So, uh, no. So, I was looking up some things that happened on my birthday. and there were. There were a few things, and obviously we could spend some more time, but... And <laughs> oh, I hate your face right now. I hate your face. Do you know what happened on November 28th, 1979? Mm, probably a lot of things, but no. But I'm sure it has something to do with the beetle. Ringo Starr's oh, LA God. house burned. Down. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <sighs> okay. 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 Listen, that's a tragedy. And we talked about this beforehand, but it's still really funny. Oh, golly gosh. Oh, my goodness. It's not okay. Burning down the house. Oh. Hey, what else happened to you on your birthday? Uh, I'll tell you. Anything? or? Yes. Okay, good. A few things have happened on November 28th over the years. Over the 20, In 1992, okay. Whitney Houston's song, I Will Always Love You, oh. um, goes to number one. On November 28th. So Number one, movie okay. From a song from the movie The Bodyguard. Okay. I Will Always Love You. I Was Unaware. D- Go yeah. ahead. No, tell me. It's a cover. No, it's not. Dolly Parton. No. Originally released I Will Always Love You in 1974. And My whole life has been a fraud? Yeah. Thinking that Whitney Houston originally did I Will Always Love You? It was, she recorded it in 1973. And uh, Dolly's version has never entered like the official charts. However, wow, Whitney Houston, straight to number one, always. And I think it's the definitive version. Oh, I've never. I d- I've heard the Dolly Parton after. I've never heard the Dolly Parton. It's. Version. I think honestly, it's one of those songs where, with the internet it's easier to hear Dolly Parton's version. But prior to that, no radio stations were playing it. You would sure. have to like really be a Dolly Parton fan 
maybe they played it in Do- in Dollywood somewhere. Dollywood. Um, but wow, that got us that. that got us thinking. We didn't know that that was a cover. No. So I didn't. we wanted to talk about some other covers. Oh, we did. We did. You're right about We're that. We're going to. We are now currently talking about other covers. Which Hey, let me ask you a question. Which yeah. what? I said something earlier that it Oh, I said last year Thanksgiving I made a playlist that was all covers. I didn't even put together. We're talking about covers. Bro. I love this. It's meant to be. We are doing it. If I had to if you had to guess what do you, in your mind, is the number one most covered song of all time? Most covered or most most sampled? Most covered song of all time. I would say... You're not going to like the answer. Oh, is it a Beatles song? I don't know. What do you think is the most covered song of all time? I'm gonna say, <laughs> um, <laughs> "Too Much Booty Into Pants." It's not that, and I think you know that. Oh, okay. It is a Beatles song. Yeah. Yesterday. It was Beatles. Wh- whose song is it today? Still the Beatles. This is comedy gold. This is great. <laughs> who's on first? So, in fact, the Beatles song "Yesterday" yep has been covered over two thousand. 200 times to be the most covered song of all time. Wow. Including this version. Yesterday All my troubles seem so far away. Is that Daffy Duck? It's Daffy Duck. (laughs) So, interestingly enough, Bugs Bunny and Friends yeah. released an album. <laughs> of course. Like, why not? Of course <laughs> right? they did. Bugs and Friends. Is it all Mel Blanc? Sing the Beatles. When did that come out? Do you know? Or am I? This came out at one point. Okay. It's not all well, Mel Blanc. It's probably, it feels like something they would do after he was no longer with us. Joe Alasky. Oh my goodness, that's really funny. So yeah, so so there you go. So even even Daffy Duck covered yesterday by the mm-hmm. Beatles. Yeah. The most covered song of all time. Interesting. Yeah. I thought so. So you, I believe, did a little digging yeah. on what e- like what even defines a cover. Okay. So there's a there's a difference between a cover and a remake, right? So the a cover song is a is kind of a a new performance of a or recording of a previously recorded song by someone other than the original artist. So the new recording is usually similar to the original song in terms of like the structure, but the arrangement might differ a little bit. Okay, a remake or a reinterpretation of the song is a new version that differs substantially from the original recording. So there's... So the Daffy Duck cover, would you consider that a cover or a remake? Oh, it's a cover because the words and the music behind it are virtually identical to the original. The perf- the Okay, the, the performance musicality, is different. The yep. performance is different, but the musicality is different. Okay. 
uh, a remake. There's a there's a pretty good example of it. So um, and I and I wish I had had the music queued up for this, so I don't. But the Rolling Stones satisfaction song. There's there's two takes on this that illustrate the, a very clear difference. So Otis Redding did a night a cover in 1965. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's a very good cover. Of I that. have. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Very good cover of that song. Inter- so interesting. I actually thought that the Stones covered Otis Redding. No, sir. The Rolling Stones released Satisfaction before 1965? It was probably in 1965. I mean, I don't know. Sorry. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Yeah, look it up. Keep talking. Um then it there's a there's a few difference there's a few differences in the lyrics and whatnot, but his version has like the original song structure to it. And then no, they did because the Beatles in that documentary were talking about the Rolling Stones. Move like, on. Okay. <laughs> I'm so done with the Beatles. No, but I'm just saying You're right. I'm not yes. talking about the Beatles. But so Devo did a cover in 1977, but it's a it's a remake because there's a tremendous difference in the beat, the tempo, and the instrumentation. So very, very, very different than the original version. So the original Rolling Stones released 1965. Yeah. Otis Redding released 1966. Okay. And if these are all the same songs, Aretha Franklin... 1967. Sure. Phyllis Diller, 1968. Wow. Which, I don't know if you know who Phyllis Diller is. Well, does anybody? Yeah, they do. Oh. Uh, Britney Spears, 2000. Sure. Sambo, in 2009. Buddy Guy, in Junior Wells, 1983. Okay. Ronnie Baker Brooks, 2018. So also a very... Covered song fairly heavily covered song yeah that's really funny and yeah because there's a lot of um a song that did not make uh the the list of songs that i want to talk about but feeling good by Etta james probably Ooh, i might have that wrong but that's been covered quite a few times and is it? Yeah, who did feel? Nina good? Simone. Nina Simone. Yes, thank you. Uh, an excellent, excellent song. Love it. The original is just, it's phenomenal. And there was a list that I was looking at for like, oh, songs that like were better than their original. Sure. And somebody said that some group's version of Feeling Good was better than Nina Simone's. And I closed the tab. Yeah. Like, no. No, it's not. You're wrong. Yeah. Music tastes can differ. Sure. And if you prefer a style over that, that's fine. Absolutely. But I think one of the, in like her version of it, you can just, same thing I was saying with Freddie, Freddie Mercury, like you can just feel a weightiness to the words when she's singing it. Right. It's like, there's something yeah. coming from here. And I, and I, I appreciate any, authentic like attempt at music i guess i'll say not saying that someone like a robert downey jr's music isn't authentic no it is and he's probably pouring things into it but compared to what we're talking about yeah no i get that it's it's very different yeah yes 
So I asked you what was the number one most covered song. You asked me that yesterday. Oh. What do you think, in your opinion, would be classified as the worst cover of any song ever? I know that's a big question. Rolling Stone did a lot of analytics on this. Okay. And they have did, they have a list of the top 10 worst cover attempts ever. And there's only one number one spot. Worst cover of all time. So you had said that you were talking about the differences between covers and remakes, right? Yes. And a cover is when things are mostly the same. Mostly the same. Okay, because the remake of Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. Where the guy's like, well, I'll help you get home. I'll make sure you're safe. It's like. Yeah. Okay, yep, they did it for the times. Great. I just, I don't, whatever. It's not that. It's not that. That's okay, what is it? Well, this just sounds like Teen Spirit. It is. Teen Spirit's a cover? Oh, is this Courtney Love? Miley Cyrus. Oh, that's... Okay, I was going to say that's worse. It's actually probably better than <laughs> if it was Courtney Love. <laughs> that's probably true. But Miley Cyrus... So this is considered by Rolling Stone magazine, who's no slouch when it comes to music, mm-hmm. the number one worst cover of all time. So... Okay, are you able to just to jump forward to a random time in the song and of see? All right, whatever. Yeah, it's We're all music. Stuck, yes, caught right. in the music, but yeah. the instrumentals rather. Sure. So it was interesting. So when when she started singing this on tour. She, her popularity had totally plunged. And when videos of this, of her doing this cover started hitting YouTube, like people were viciously attacking her. And it was like this whole cover and everything was everything that everybody hated about Miley Cyrus. Like just her attitude, the way she dressed, her voice, they just ripped her apart. And Rolling Stone is saying that this is the worst cover of all time. I'm okay with that, with them saying that. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. Didn't it's, sound good. So it's this is probably post Wrecking Ball. It's probably post whatever that nonsense with Robin Thicke was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Number oh? five on the list. Yeah. Britney Spears Satisfaction. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Some good covers. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk that, about some good. That's covers. better. I'd rather talk about good. Yeah. So I will say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I uh, interrupted you. Go ahead. Number ten. Yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. By who? By who? William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. There's something on the wing. Something on the wing. That's fantastic. Where's Ace? That was, he was in an episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh my God. Where he was on an airplane. Yeah. And there was like a gremlin. Oh, stop. On the wing of an airplane. Oh my gosh. 
And that that scene has been parodied a few times. It was parodied parodied in uh, one of the Simpsons Halloween episodes oh. where there's like a gremlin on the side of the school oh bus. Gosh. But what are some good covers? Because something on the wing. Yeah, good covers. Man. A song that I will admit. Again, I was born in 1983. Sure. When Alien Ant Farm released "Smooth Criminal," that I was all about it. Yep, Learned how to play it on guitar. I did. Hey, oh, I'll. Huh, I happen <laughs> to have one right Whoa, here. How about that? The rest of the episode is me just trying to remember how to play <laughs> yeah. that. Bing, bing, yeah. bing. Um, wow. Yeah. I was unaware that it was a Michael Jackson song because, really? yeah, I. And you were born in 1983. Yeah. Okay. So MJ's version came out in 88. So I was five. I was zero. Actually, when it came out, do we know when it came out? No, we don't. Michael Jackson's version? Yeah. 88. I just said that. No, I know, but do you know like what month? Because I was zero in 1988. Oh, no. Uh, actually, yes. No. Ah, you saw it number eight. I saw number eight. And I thought, thought it said November, November. Yeah, yeah. Mm, you got me. Anyway. Um, but 13 years later. Yep. So 2001. Yep, I was 13. There you go. Uh, yeah, Alien Ant Farm released it, and it went to number three. So it oh, charted wow. higher that, yeah. than the original version. And I remember this is one of those things where it's like, there's very few things in my life where I remember being embarrassed like, ooh, yeah. whoops. Yeah, ooh. Um, yeah. And I was looking up the guitar tabs for how to play this the song. Yeah. And it whoever wrote this tab that I found online had said the original version was by Wacko Jacko. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what that is. So I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, Oh yeah, Michael Jackson did that song. This was like a couple months later. It's like, oh yeah, Michael Jackson did that song. I'm like, no, it was like some guy like Waco Jackson, like Waco Jaco or something. Like, uh-huh. and he was like, "What are you, an idiot? What a loser!" Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. So embarrassing. I can't believe you even shared that story. I'm really but proud of you. Very good cover. Very it is a good great song. Cover. I love it. The album had a couple of decent songs on it. I think one thing we should talk about Alien Ant Farm? Yes. Yeah, I never I didn't I don't can't say that I know any other song by Alien Ant Farm. They had a song called Movies that got some decent airtime and another song that's escaping me, so obviously no, it wasn't that But impactful. I enjoyed uh Smooth Criminal, the cover by them. And well, that's and, a cover because it wasn't a remake. They didn't change much. No, it like, was just a, a cover. it was a punk right. rock cover. Yeah. And the video good. for that that 2001 things are just starting to be able to like go viral. Like the internet is just getting to the point where you can share. Have you heard about the World Wide Web? Have you guys heard about this internet? It's the best. Oh, you can share photos. It's amazing. Share... And it took, it was so fast. So fast. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. So something interesting that I found out about um, a Bill Withers song, Ain't No Sunshine. Oh. Which I love that song. Yeah, good song. It's a great song. Um, so it's been covered a lot. Um, I wanted to share a little bit of a cover, or I may say that this was a remake of Ain't No Sunshine. It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine in this song. Only darkness every day. Do you know who that is? 
uh, if it's it's dark and hell is hot, is that DMX? That is DMX. Yeah. So DMX did a nice, I'm going to call that a remake. Arf, arf. Yeah. What, what, are there dogs barking somewhere? Where are um, my dogs at? Of Ain't No Sunshine. Okay. I also do a cover of Ain't No Sunshine. But interesting fact about Ain't No Sunshine. Um, you know the part where he goes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah, I, I know. know. Yeah. 23 times he says, I know. Interesting. So originally when he wrote the song, it was a cover, like a placeholder, I should say, for lyrics to be determined at a later date. But there were other musicians in the studio with him and they were like, no, 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 leave that. That sound like that's good. Like that hits good. Really? Or hits well. So the whole, when he's just going, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That was just a. It was a placeholder with the melody. Because he was determining lyrics later, and then they listened to it back, and they were like, no, 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 let's keep that. That's interesting. Yeah. I like stories like that. I thought it was cool. It reminds me of, which I don't think this was a cover, the song 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago. Okay. Do you know that song? I don't. Da-na-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na-na. Ba-na-na-na-na. Ba-na-na-na-na-na. You've heard it. I've heard that. Ba-ba-da-da. Ba-na-ba-ba. Yeah. What is the guy from Police Academy here? What? Whose name is escaping me? Yeah. Um, no, so the song 25 or 6 to 4 yep. is about them needing to finish a song for their album by like the next morning. And they're writing it and recording it overnight. And it's 25 or 26 minutes until 4 a.m. Searching for the break of day. Oh. Yeah, searching for something to say. Yeah. No way. Yeah, so the whole song is about them trying to write the last song for the album, and they needed it. <laughs> by 4 a.m. Well, by well, like when they, the basically day. when he was writing these lyrics, it's like, oh, it's like 25 minutes or 26 minutes to 4 a.m. Wait a minute. Ha, song. Hit record. Wow. I could have that wrong. No, I could I have didn't. a lot of things wrong. The uh, another cover. What song were you just talking about? <laughs> Ain't no sunshine. Thank you. <laughs> so that was a cover. No, ain't no sunshine. Bill Withers the, was the original. Was the original. It's been covered a lot. I shared with you DMX's cover. Thank you. You're welcome. And then I told you about the 26. Hey you. The 26 times that he says I know, or 23 times. 23 he says, times. I know. I know. Yes. I know. I know. Yes. 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 Alrighty. Did you want to transition to something else? <laughs> no. What I wanted to do was bring this conversation to a crashing halt. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a good job. Mission successful. Listen, you know the song Hallelujah? I do. By Leonard Cohen? The major fifth and the 24th. Not that, but yeah. It's all down the hall there, hallelujah. Okay. Is that it? Well, no, but yeah. Is that that song from Shrek? Yeah. 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 Um... So, Alexandra Burke, who was an X Factor winner, Meh. right, had a number one with, with with Hallelujah with Hallelujah cover of Leonard Cohen in two thousand eight. So did Medea. Hallelujah. Moving on, <laughs> the original by Leonard Cohen never charted, but it did reach number thirty six the same week Alexandra Burke's went to number one because of Alexandra Burke. So a cover goes to number one 
people start listening to the original mm. charts to 36. Mm. And then Jeff Buckley, who is probably the more listened to version from my perspective, for mm -hmm. me, um, sat right behind Alex's at number three and sold over 1.2 million copies. Is the Jeff Buckley the Shrek one? Yes. Jeff Buckley, I do believe, is the Shrek one. So he, it's like the really good one? Or is that Leonard Cohen? Well, Jeff Buckley's is the really good one. In your opinion? In my opinion. Okay. Yeah. But interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Another song from a movie that I did not know was a cover, but I was a big fan of this movie, Donnie Darko, and the song Mad World. It's a it's it's a song. It's a good song. Uh Gary Jules. Yep. And came out in 2003 was a cover of a Tears for Fears song. So Tears for Fears yep. went to number 3 in 1982. Okay. With Mad World. Gary Jules uh went to number 1 in 2003. Really? And a lot of people think it's because of the success of Donnie Darko. Oh, that makes sense. Because this is when you've really Again, 2003, you've got people, if you see a movie, it's easier to just find an individual song from a movie because you can just get it on iTunes. That makes sense. Instead of needing to buy like the movie soundtrack and everything. That's why I'm surprised. So did the Jeff, Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah, did that chart? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I'd be surprised if it didn't after the popularity of Shrek. That would be two. Uh, so Jeff Buckley. Yeah, it uh, charted number two. Oh, okay. So he he did all right. He did fine. Um, yeah. And uh, that same list that I was the page that I was telling you about that like I closed the tab. Yeah. They said that oh, a song you might not know is a cover. Speaking of Shrek, was "I'm a Believer" by Smash Mouth. That was a Smash Mouth's version. Was a cover. Yeah, you didn't know that. The monkeys. Oh yeah. Then I saw her face. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I do. I do like Mad World. I do too. It's a happy song. It is not. It's the opposite. It's a good song. <laughs> Why? Why what? Well, I don't know why a lot of things. I'm just enjoying. You're your just company. enjoying life, man. I'm just enjoying your company. Why do we have to fill it with talking? Because we're doing a podcast. Oh crap! A song I did not know was a cover, <laughs> and this surprised me. Although maybe it shouldn't, because Alien Ant Farm. I I think it's surprising if a one hit wonder is a one hit wonder because of a cover. And I think it's fair to say that Alien Ant Farm is probably a one hit wonder, with the cover of Smooth Criminal, hmm. but. Dun dun, tainted love, soft cell. What? Yeah, that was a cover. What? Soft cell. Jeez, there we go. Um, yeah. So they released it in 1981. Okay. One hit wonder for them. Yep. Originally released in 1964 by United States artist Gloria Jones, and then the British uh, synth group. Soft Cell took it to number one 
in the UK charts, which okay. Well, yeah, there's Those something are to be important said charts. And then Marilyn Manson did a cover, but eh. I love Marilyn Manson. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Does anybody? Uh, yeah, people do. Probably somebody. So another interesting cover. Mm-hmm. So Fast Car. Yeah. You got a fast car. Drives fast. I think those oh, are the original lyrics. One. Do you know the song? Do you know who sings it? Tracy Chapman. Right. 1988, she released Fast Car. It peaked at number five. Oh. In 1988, Jonas Blue, never know, heard of Jonas Blue. Don't know Blue, who that is. Did a cover of Fast Car in 2015 to number two on the charts. So outcharted Tracy Chapman's original Fast Car. I wonder what the total overtime is, though. Like, how long was Tracy Chapman at number five compared to. And you don't have to look it up. No, I'm not going to, but does it. I mean. Does it matter really? No. Okay. Um There's a couple of covers like that 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 kind of bother me where um and I'm sure that there's people that feel this way about a lot of songs. That for example, I said I liked Alien Ant Farm's Smooth Criminal. Yeah. I like Michael Jackson's version, but I think I prefer Alien Ant Farm's but I don't know, maybe I'm about to be a massive hypocrite, but like saying that like Jonas blew blew away the competition by charting higher. I don't know. It's like who are you? I mean, it was only it, I, I didn't say it blew away. I just said I, I was just, making a bad pun. I know you were, but yeah. I'm just saying like I'm just stating. I'm just spitting facts. So I think last year, maybe the year before. Uh, main skin. I think I'm saying that right. Got a nice little uh, pop of popularity with their song "Beggin." Do 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 do. Originally released by the group Madcon. Okay, it's a very good song. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Beggin. Beggin. It's a good one. Beggin, beggin, beggin. Like beggin strips. Like beggin strips. The bacon. Another one hit wonder that I would not have guessed was a cover. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You'll blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. It's a cover. What? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. So So, you're telling me that who did it originally? It was originally done by Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin. Wrote it about a girl named Kitty in uh, sometime before Tony Basil released it. So Tony Basil didn't release this song. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the original. No. Like My the childhood fa- is ruined. Like the fact that that song was made twice. Yeah, why? I don't know. Well, the first time it was terrible, apparently. Well, the second time is really not that great. Yeah, but, oh, Mickey, it's fine. Yeah. It's better. It's okay. Yeah, maybe it's not. I don't know. I've never heard the original. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, what else you got? Let's You're like a man of covers over there. I got a bunch of covers. I, I hate the fact that none of my covers are on your list. What covers do you have? All of them. What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh, like you're the covers yeah. that you perform yeah. singing? So the uh, Stephen Hodgman version of Ants Marching is fantastic. Yeah. It really is. You did a good job with that. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's I not mean better that. than the original. 
No, but I mean, who's better than DMB? Nobody. Nobody. DMX, maybe. Can you imagine if DMX and DMB like did DMX something DMX minus B equals C. <gasps> Whoa. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. I feel like we're running out of steam. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So I need you. Yeah. Do you have more things you want to talk about? No. There is a song, a cover that. Um, oh, I do have like two more things. Oh, go ahead. Do those first because I, I want to and regale, regale you with something yeah. at the end. So as we speak about covers, have you ever listened to Piano Guys? Uh, yes. Okay. So pian- they don't sing, but they're instrumental covers of songs. And I think they do just, and I would say some of them are definitely remakes mm-hmm. because they completely change the musicality of the song. But for an acoustic, like thinking about Thanksgiving coming up and kind of some background music, piano guys are phenomenal and they're incredible in concert. And they all play the piano, but they play different parts of the piano. Okay. To make different sounds. So they drum on the piano. Oh. Like they play the grand piano open and they pluck the string. Like it's it's really interesting to watch. So if you don't know who the piano guys are, check them out. What are off the top of your head? Yeah. Do you have some songs that are like are some of your favorite covers of the piano guys? No, just in general. Oh gosh. Because I I can think of a few. <sighs> I'll name some so that we don't have this awkward moment of you being like, oh, let me think. Um, I'm a big fan of Real Big Fish's version of Take On Me. Okay. That's a good one. I think that Goldfinger's version of 99 Red Balloons is fantastic. Okay. It was made popular I it was made popular in the movie Eurotrip. Oh. But again, so those are a couple ska covers okay. of other songs. Me First in the Gimme Gimmies is a band that does all covers and it's all like rock, punk type covers. Yeah. Um they do a great version of Rocket Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Better than William Shatner's? Better than William Shatner's. Good. Probably not as good as Elton John's. That's good. So, interestingly enough, and I know you're going to make a face at me, but yeah. Dave Matthews' cover of Sledgehammer Ooh. is really good because he's got the horns in yeah. the band and he's got the drummer who's amazing. Like, really good version. And he played it for a long time and he still does like live mm-hmm. um during his tours which is awesome and then there was another cover and my gosh i can't think of the name of it but it's so i'm just gonna not because i can't okay so but oh i love it no that's a good one yeah there is a and if you're if you uh grew up as a church kid like i did uh-huh. or if you're if you're currently, you know, a Christian and you're like, oh, you know, okay, you got church songs. And it's like, I will say that uh, Sunday music has gotten better over the years. Sure. But there's a band called The Insiders, which was one of the first like ska punk bands that I was exposed to as an early teen because it's a, it's a Christian ska punk band okay. based out of Detroit, Motor City Ska. But they did two albums, Scalaluya 1 and Scalaluya 2, where they covered like popular contemporary Christian songs at the time. Okay. But like that was in that in that world of listening to like Christian music 
it was like, oh, wait a minute. Like you can listen to an Amy Grant song with like distortion and like, <laughs> you know, and everything and like a guy yelling the lyrics. Yeah. It made me feel like a real rebel as I was on my way to a uh, youth group. Oh, hey, listen, you are a real rebel. Yeah. I rebel because I'm a rebel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Another cover that I thought I just of. thought of another cover. This is awesome. You think of a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Post Malone okay. did a cover of Better Man on Howard Stern. Hmm. Bone chilling. Really? Bone chilling. Is Better Man Pearl Jam? Better Man is Pearl Jam. I'll probably like Post Malone's version better. Well, he's a better man. I'm not a big Pearl Jam fan. Okay. I feel like I should be. There's a lot of elements that I think I should like, but it's just never clicked. I'm with a me. big Eddie Vedder fan. See, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably why you don't like Pearl Jam. The um and then oh, somebody recently covered uh Leonard Skinner's uh Simple Man. Somebody covered that within like the past I mean, my concept of time is absolutely shot, so I'm gonna say the past decade. And it's a little bit more like acoustic. Uh, but I'm sorry, Leonard Skinner's version is the version of "Be a Simple." Oh yeah, it's the best. It's oh, it's the best. Especially if it. you are a man, like listen to that song, and it's just like, oh boy, it's just. I yeah. hope I, I hope I do my mother proud. Right. Yeah. I just thought of the cover I was trying to think of. Oh, that could be one of my favorite covers ever. What do you got? Disturbed. Yes, you had mentioned this before. Sound of silence. Yep. Talk about bone chilling. Mm. Like, and this is a this is a cover, not a remake. Mm-hmm. This is a cover because the lyrics are the same, the musicality is the same, but my goodness, it's a good one. His voice singing that song, Simon and Garfunkel, great work, but. Man, oh man! I remember it was really surprising because I th- they didn't debut it on a late night show, but that's I think what really they it was a big deal. They it was either on the Tonight Show or David Letterman. Okay, um, because you go from oh wow yeah to yeah hello darkness, my old friend. It's good. I'm not making fun of it. Yeah, no, it is good. It's very good. Another song I recently learned was a cover is Rage Against the Machines, Microphone Fiend, was originally done by Eric B. and Rakim. Really? Yeah. E-F-F-E-C-T, a smooth operator operating correctly. Hey, man. So, yeah. it's been a good time. It has been a Do you have time. more things you want to cover? Because at this point, we're just, I did ask what are some of your favorite covers because no, I, I have a couple off the top of but my head. But now we're just talking about covers. No, I don't, I don't think I have anything else I want to cover. I would be rem- <laughs> <laughs> Bye. No, just kidding. <laughs> that would have been great, though. That would have been good. Um, no, I don't have anything else I want to cover. Hey, I got one more thing for you. Okay. A last cover that, I'll be honest, I was nervous when you brought up the Rolling Stone top 10 worst covers because two of, one of my favorite artists and another artist that I like got together and put a little song together. They were having some fun. And it's a bit of a deep cut. But let's see if you... First of all, do you recognize this song? Yes. 
Okay, what song is that? Benny and the Jets by Elton John. By Elton John. Um, it's the live recording. This is the cover of it. Is that Steven Seagal? That is Biz Marquee. No. With the Beastie Boys. Come on. <laughs> That's terrible. So they took just the live record. It's the exact same recording. Right. But they took out Elton John's lyrics and, and just, just have put- Bismarck, and it's just gibberish. <laughs> but it, what's great about it is it's got all the cheers from when Elton, from Elton John John's performed live it. Performance. How is that not the worst? <laughs> the crowd goes crowd crazy. It goes wild for this horrible rendition. Oh my gosh. Oh my I, gosh. I found that. Oh, when you brought up the role, the top 10 worst, yeah. I got nervous. I thought that You're that right was going to be, gonna be it. And I would have blown up your thunder two weeks in a row. <sighs> That's okay. Listen, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. I hope all of you BB and BD loyal. I have think a breakdowns is one word. Well, all you triple B faithful. Listen, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of food. Yeah. Watch a lot of football. And be sure to cover your turkey with gravy. Yeah. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Hey. Bye. Bye.